Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 227. Friday the 13th, <laughs> September 13th, 2019. <laughs> 95 degrees in this day in 1939, 33 degrees on this day in 1890. You are about to hear more of the mystery. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushiro. Might we get uh, last night's debates out of the way held in Houston? Uh, There's a terrible irony here. Rook, of all people, is the only guy who actually watched it. I did. I I could not make myself do it, and I am glad that you did. I could not do it. You must be medicated, huh? No, you're on pharmaceuticals. Uh, well, I don't, don't care to say that on the air, but yes, is it I am. Be, is it because you are in a home where people are looking at which candidate? Is that is that the deal? I think we watched it more for the train wreck as opposed oh. to which candidate do sure. we want to see who we want to endorse because nobody in my family is going to be voting for the Democrat. What was party. your impression of Amy Klobuchar? Because I've done enough reading and seen enough clips to believe that she's doing exactly what she has to do to distinguish herself from these crackpots. Uh, she was pleasant. She was in order. She did not attack. She doesn't want to give away everything, does she? No, and she just, she let those guys, she was on the end. And I guess your popularity, the most popular were in the middle, the least popular are on the outskirts. So she was the last one on, on the left but side. But she, she is said to have broken through. I think she, she came across very good last night. Palatable? Uh, yeah, and she wasn't controversial, and she said, "We need to get this done, and we need. I want to be the president for everybody, not just half the country." Well, and that's a, a terribly interesting point because that's exactly what the crackpots are attempting to do—represent only half the country. Right. Yeah. So I, I think uh, if you were in Nebraska watching, you would have been pleased with. Yeah, Amy she in the back. We had a few things uh, decent to say about Amy yesterday ahead of these debates, right? And I'm shocked at the amount of email we get back saying. You're supporting? No, we're. I didn't get any email. Oh, really? Regarding uh, supporting? I'll forward you. I'll forward you some. I just don't get that. That's exactly the opposite of GM. Let's just analyze this from the standpoint of the Democratic field. They are crackpots, quite literally. They're all insane. They're 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 nuts. Uh, Andrew Yang, uh, he wants to give twelve grand a year to ten families selected randomly. I have a kid I used to have was a big Andrew Yang fan. She's out of her mind. (laughs) This guy's nuts. First of all, that's illegal. A, he would take it from campaign funds, and B, isn't that tantamount to buying votes? I, would think I thought so. buying votes was illegal mm. in this country. What point is Andrew he trying? bleeping Yang? What, why? <laughs> what is he trying to prove by doing because that? Because everything uh, revolves around the almighty dollar. It's time to stop, stop uh, trusting politicians and trusting ourselves. So I'm going to do something unprecedented tonight. My campaign will now give a freedom dividend of $1,000 a month for an entire year to 10 American families. And then the audience, you know, of course, they applauded. Oh, These geez. fools applauded. 
the uh, it could be a violation of campaign finance laws. The Yang campaign said they investigated the matter and saw no problem. If you can believe you can solve your problems better than any politician, go to yang2020.com and tell us how a grand a month will help you do that, Yang said. This uh, this is how we'll get our country working for us again, the American people. It's part of his official platform wow. to give away basic income. Wow. Uh, the, the, is America buying this nonsense? Yes. I guess they applauded wildly in the, in the studio. Uh, getting back to Amy. She's the only way these crackpots. Uh, let me start over. She's, she's on the right track. That's a, that's a, Something that hasn't even occurred to me. We now have presidential aspirants wishing to represent only one half the country. It was very evident last night. I have no interest in these giveaway programs. I have a tremendous interest in someone who at least has the conviction that we have to work together here. And if that's Klobuchar, it's Klobuchar. And, you know, I know her well enough to know she knows what a hardware store is. She knows what a pickup truck is. She uh, she's not completely nuts. <laughs> she's not even close to being as crazy as Bernie and Yang and Elizabeth Warren. Bernie came off last night as first of all he is he needed to clear his throat and he just he came unhinged. He was very angry and oh, he yeah, just that's I mean everybody was right at, right oh, in his he's face. Just a crabby old fart. Yeah, that's just that's a, Bernie. Do you think he got he heard the uh, the the thousand dollar a month proposal? Went, Wait a minute, hey, here. that's pretty good. <laughs> I'll make mine two thousand. Oh, yes. Uh, Uncle Joe had a little trouble last night, and uh, this has been going around. I've heard this on radio of up and down the dial today, and we uh, we we found the audio. It's it's quite puzzling. Uh, uh, Joe apparently wants to bring social workers into the average American family home to help to help sure. raise the children. Yeah, go ahead and play that. In a conversation about how to deal with segregation in schools back in 1975, you told a reporter, I don't feel responsible for the sins of my father and grandfather. I feel responsible for what the situation is today, for the sins of my own generation. And I'll be damned if I feel responsible to pay for what happened 300 years ago. You said that some 40 years ago. But as you stand here tonight, what responsibility do you think that Americans need to take to repair the legacy of slavery in our country? Well, they have to deal with the, the look, there is institutional segregation in this country. And from the time I got involved, I started dealing with that. Redlining, banks, making sure that we are in a position where, look, we talk about education. I propose that what we take is those very poor schools, the Title I schools, triple the amount of money we spend from 15 to 45 billion a year. Sure. Give every single teacher a raise, an equal uh-huh. raise of getting out of the, the $60,000 level. Huh? Number two, make sure that we bring in to the help the, 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 the teachers deal with the problems that come from home. The problems that come from home, we, need, we have one school psychologist for every 1,500 kids in America today. It's crazy. The teachers are, and I'm married to a teacher. My deceased wife is a teacher. They have every problem coming to them. We have make sure that every single child does, in fact, have three, four, and five-year-olds go to school. School, not daycare. School. We bring social workers into homes of parents huh? to help them deal with how to raise their children. It's not that they don't want to help. They don't, want, they don't know quite what to do. 
play the radio, make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone, make sure the kids hear words. A kid coming from a very poor school, a very poor background, will hear four million words fewer spoken by the time they get there. There's Thank so you, much we, no, I'm, I'm going to go like the rest of them do, I'm not done. twice over, okay? Because, because here, here's the deal. The deal is that we've got this a little backwards. And by the way, in Venezuela, we should be allowing people to come here from Venezuela. I know Maduro. I've confronted Maduro. Wow. Number two, you talk about the need to do something in Latin America. I'm the guy that came up with $740 million. <laughs> he took some turns there. <laughs> the best part is that. Record players don't even exist anymore. The best part was when they had to turn them around and go, no, no, face the front here. I'm so the, the <laughs> caption of that tweet, Rook, yeah. it says, I say this completely seriously. What in the bloody hell is this answer from Joe Biden? <laughs> it, uh, it's it's uh, terribly amazing. Wow. It's just terribly amazing. Uh, Rook, again, it, the wonderful irony uh, that you watched it. Yeah. Did anyone bring up the deficit or the nation's debt? I do not recall. I bet they did. I do not recall anybody bringing that up. Listen to the amounts of money these people want to spend. Let's just give it away. We're all in debt now. $22 trillion in debt. No one addresses it. On either side of the aisle. But they also want to give the, the free college and, and so forth. Healthcare, free right. healthcare. And that was a big, healthcare was a big, they were really just jarring at each other, in each other's faces. And then that's when the mayor of Indiana said, Guys, this is not what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to be on the same team here, but they're all trying to push each other to get to the front. Jordy says, be sure the kids have their phonographs to listen to. After that, we can go to the talkies and get a soda from the soda jerk. <laughs> what century is Uncle Joe in? Uh, I don't think what, a, the most unnerving part of that was we'll put social workers in the home to help you raise oh, the yeah. children. This is, this is a darkness on the land. These people are nuts. They're nuts. What would the social worker teach, though? How to turn on the record player. I guess. You know what's comforting, though? There's nothing comforting about listening to these crackpots. Only one of these people is going to matter. Yeah. And they're all, th th this is more affirmation that Trump's getting reelected. You think well, Joe should be held accountable for something he said in 1975? I do not. No. I do not. Was it you or was it, was it ABC? I forget last night that said Amy is also... Her numbers aren't great, but she's sticking around in case one of these front runners does something, says something stupid, and has to get knocked out of the race. In that pack of crackpots, she is the most rational. Let's put it that way. Yeah. In that pack of complete nutcases, she is the most rational. Congratulations, Amy. You're the tallest dwarf. She's really <laughs> separated herself. <laughs> she separated herself with the health care issue, too. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to give away the farm. She can't. There's, it, it's not affordable. Uh, we were lamenting yesterday that would this country rally again in the event of another September 11, 2001. And it was my, it was my despondent reaction that I, I suspect that we won't. We're, we're, we're quite literally halved in half now, or cleaved in half. But I got a great email from uh, Joshua who writes, I was listening to yesterday's podcast. You struck me a bit with your view regarding America of today versus in 2001 and not having the resolve to come together and fight for a cause. I have a more positive take, and I do believe that my fellow Americans will come together when a significant event happens again, and here is why. GLers are not in a minority. We keep to ourselves and hold our tongues, a silent majority, if you will, 
There are many of us still. And if there is a strong enough reason to rally our troops, we will respond to the call loudly. Keep this in your thoughts. Who keeps this country running? Business owners, hardworking, taxpaying Americans, and our military. There are many of us. Our ideals are under attack every day, but we don't give up. We keep our heads down and plow forward and rise to the occasion. This is part of the fabric of this country and always has been. Let them cry over diversity, racism, and equality, even though they don't know what it means. Let them try to get free health care, college, and food. Our flag is tattered with, uh, with holes of these false ideals, but it still stands. We mend it only by pushing back with determination. Don't acquiesce to the mystery, for they have not won. Stay strong with resolve, Mary pushing back every day, fellow GLer and 21st-er uh, Josh Rogalski. That's a great, wow. great email. Good email. Great email. Great email. So, Chris, you said you took a number of emails um, uh, about our discussion about Amy. I'm wondering how GLers feel, and I mean all GLers here, everybody listening, how they feel about Klobuchar's statement that says, if you feel stuck in the middle of the extremes of our, our politics, you've got a home with me. Mm-hmm. How would... Mm. GLers respond to that because as GLers I always feel like we're all stuck in the middle we're not necessarily far super crazy right and we're definitely not far left and on top of that we're also willing to listen to any side of the argument that's the thing that's the whole foundation of this radio show yeah but half the country is not willing to listen to the other side of the argument the great uh, and that's why she doesn't have a shot right it's twenty months away. I'm not. I'm not prepared to say yet whether a she has a shot. A lot can happen. But the, the, this Joshua makes a great point. You know, we think of GLers as our listening audience, the people who run the Grunhoffers or EcoFun or Molers and or what have you. Uh, we we tend to think of uh, the GLers only uh, only in the dynamic of a listening audience. Hell, GLers are everywhere. They just don't know they're GLers. Mm. They just haven't named themselves. Mm. There are GLers all over the world, all over this country, hardworking people who pay their taxes, follow the law, and are really puzzled when people like Beto O'Rourke get up there and say, hell yes, I'm going to take your gun. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Bernie Sanders, I'm going to pay for everything. You're going to pay for everything. Tired old commie. He's never worked a day in his life. Elizabeth Warren, if you've made it to the top, you're going to pay more. They're the only people now who pay taxes. Uh, Well, they pay a significant amount, more than we do in the middle class. But but my point is, he's right. GLers are everywhere. And, And GLers everywhere have to watch those debates and wonder, what in the world are these people talking about? They're not describing the America that we have grown up in. They're not describing an America that we know. They're describing a completely reinvented America, which, of course, is the, the, the genesis of the mystery. Yeah. And, and he's right. Don't acquiesce to the mystery. I shouldn't, I shouldn't acquiesce to the mystery. I keep pushing back. We're not going to acquiesce to the mystery. The mystery is revealing itself every time these crackpots get on a debate stage. It's incredible. Better O'Rourke, you might as well. Is, is Trump paying Better O'Rourke, you think? I was hoping you were going to bring that up because when we read this off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Kenny wondered if Trump was paying him. <laughs> no, you did. You said you, uh, you said something about he's doing everything he can. He's to, doing everything he can to get Trump reelected. Well, his quote, it's the last piece in today's uh, Star Tribune. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, How? your AK. There's 25 million of them in the country. No, he's not. He's of course not. not. And those those people, those gun owners, are not the type to... You know what? Yeah, here, take it. 
what what is he he's proposing i would imagine a buyback program Oh, how, okay. how are they going to pay for that? And he better pay me every single cent and more that I put into that firearm. Well, you have a, you have an investment. He's there. paying for the scope, too, pal. Uh, Did yes. you guys see Dan Crenshaw's tweet about four hours ago? No. He's an excellent follow on Twitter. That's the eyepatch guy yes. from uh, Texas. And Love I, him. He's I, our pirate. I think yep. he's going to run for president. I hope he does. In 2024. Don't you think? He's a sound-minded guy. So here was his tweet. Oh, how cool would it be to have a president with, with a patch? Eye? Oh, my God. Oh, and he starts every so speech awesome. with, Arr! <laughs> so awesome. So uh, his tweet was, Bold strategy by the Dems coming to Houston to advocate for Green New Deal that eliminates our number one industry, energy, Medicare for all, terrible for the Texas Medical Center, confiscating our guns. Guess they think we don't like jobs, high-quality health care, and defending ourselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Boy, he nailed it. Mm-hmm. He really did. I follow him. He's, he's interesting, and he's sensible. He's not crazy. No. And it would be cool to have a president with an iPad. Oh, oh so awesome. Man. Yeah. And I'd give him a three-pointed hat. Was too. he a SEAL? <laughs> Was he a Navy SEAL? I don't know if he was a SEAL, but he lost the eye in combat. Yeah, former he? Navy SEAL. Mm-hmm. Uh, hail the Flashlight King. Hail, hail you. you. Fellas, in the September 10th episode, you reported the story about the couple, Tiffany and Robert Williams, who spent 120 grand erroneously deposited in their bank account. However, you missed a link that was very obvious. When someone dates or marries a woman in the danger zone, your redhead strippers and anyone named Tiffany, you will likely end up in jail. This poor fella failed to consult the wife zone chart, perhaps the most important male public service announcement ever made. He is now unfortunately paying the price. Keep pushing back, Ketchel. Yeah, he married a Tiffany. What was the name of the emailer? Uh, Ketchel. Brian. 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 So basically, it's Eve's fault that we got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. Right. 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 (laughs) She was in the no-go zone. Right. And the serpent. Uh, Okay. Uh, Married forever. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. The CP and I had a great time as contestants playing Married Forever at the fair. Of course, we couldn't wait to relive the moment and listen to the podcast when we got home over a cold beverage in the garage. We kept track of the score and believe we tied with Jesse and Mary Lou. Would like to have a mayoral ruling on this because in GL there are winners and losers and not everybody gets a trophy. Love the show and keep up the good fight. Thanks, Paul. Uh, It's too late. no, I'm not going to make a ruling, Paul. We're going to have to go uh, back to the tape. Who Jesse was, and Mary Lou were the winners, right? Who was in charge? You. Uh, Jesse oh, no. and Mary Lou. Uh, oh, no. Whatever you're oh, going to no. say, maybe you shouldn't. What? Okay. What happened? Don't transfer any confidence right now. Okay. No, what? I want to know. Well. There <laughs> were a lot of distractions. I was kind of confused. <laughs> we were getting crunched in time. You mean we awarded the prize to the wrong winners? No. <laughs> I think he might have been right, because I wasn't sure <laughs> if I had marked one correct that wasn't supposed to be correct. We wow. might have had a tie. Two more, and then down to the very serious business. Whoops. Married forever. Uh, yes, we will make a note, uh, uh, Greg. Uh, Eddie Money has died at the age of 70, stage 4 cancer. Eddie Money... Uh, who has come up on the show recently for some reason. I believe John Hyde is a fan, and Kenny spoke so vilely of him that uh, that word did get back to uh, Eddie, and I think, it, I think it helped take him out. Way to go, Kenny. God bless I, Eddie Money. He had a lot to do with resurrecting Ronnie Spector, apparently. I learned that today via yeah. Twitter, yeah. He and finally. in uh, Take Me Home Tonight, I yep. think. Yeah. Finally, uh, we blew it. Oh, no. 
Oh, what? What this time? Uh, what Jason, Jason writes, knew it was coming around soon, and I still missed it. Happy one-year anniversary on the podcast. Oh, yeah. I looked back through the archives and saw it was September 10, 2018, for the first show. Giving a listen to that first episode, and even back then, you weren't sure if the thing was going to make it. We won't get to 200 episodes was another quote we heard weeks ago. Well, you've made it a year, and it seems all systems go. Congratulations, and here's to many more years of the podcast. Jason in Grand Rapids. We forgot that um, I don't know September that we, 10th was the... Uh, I don't know that we need to put the party hats on for one year, do we? Well, one year? Are you kidding me? Really? That lady with the pet podcast, is she going to make it a year? <laughs> She's up to eight listeners now. Uh, thousand? No, just we, I don't. I, I personally feel there's a lot more work to be done. Oh, and good Lord, yes. Celebrating, probably not. So. Say the month of September, a great month. I love September. It's the perfect time to replace your watch battery at RF Moeller Jewelers, too, because every dollar from watch battery sales this month will be donated to the Children's Cancer Research Fund. I told you yesterday, the guy's a curmudgeon, but he loves kids. September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and RF Moeller is proud to be partnering with the Children's Cancer Research Fund. They invest in bold. One time he told me about a cage they built for one of the kids because the kid kept escaping the crib. <laughs> they built a cage, and they slipped in the bottle through the bars. Put a the screen cage. on the yeah. top. Yeah. He's hanging from it. <laughs> Last September, watch batteries helped fund important research on more effective treatments for leukemia and brain tumors, the two most Common childhood cancers, absolutely dreadful. Bring your watches in this month, and let's help keep this research going. R.F. Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina, Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, Gabaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or online at rfmoeller.com. I have to do something. Yes. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yes, no, well, you, you are. Did. He was done. Um, you know, you mentioned the uh, the mark of the uh, one-year anniversary in GL. Yes. Yeah. I think it's a, a fitting time, Rook, don't you, that maybe we should... Explain to the listeners just how far we've come since that magical first day when we attempted to do the podcast when you had no bleeping clue. Do you, have, do you have it? Are you ready? Very yeah. magical. We were in the radio studio, right? We were still back in, down in the radio studio, and Rookie gave Joe the point to go. Yep. Hello, everybody. No, no, stop practicing. God. <laughs> Jack and Lori. have been doing this 100 years. Act like it. Did it start? Wait, go. Hit the play. Where's John at? I'm not ready yet. We'll start without him. I'm he, not ready yet. Well, this should have never made rolling? the air. No, not yet. It did. So all of this crap is going to be on the podcast. No, they'll edit all that out. <laughs> Look, hit the button. Just start the music, you dummy. If you'd get here two minutes before noon, God, this you were complaining then. Well, he's on limited hours. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, let's talk about that right away. I wanna, no, I don't want to talk about no, that. I wanna, no, I want to establish that I have a six-day weekend. Right? <laughs> what? Sure. This is an airplane taking off down story. the runway while still being put together. <laughs> oh, wait. I don't know if I'm on the air. No, yeah, we're not. On. The dummy's not <laughs> Wait for the theme music, Suge. There we go. This is... I can't stand right, it. I don't ready? want to hear anymore. This is awful. This is horrible. But the best was the first ever words uttered the podcast was. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Boy, we oh, have come a long really way. You really need to isolate hello, everybody. I just, I won't be able to, I won't be able to let that go. We went from that, we went from that to being in the, what, top 20% of podcasts yep. in the country or top hello, 25 <laughs> Hello, everybody. Great start. Great start. Hi, hi, Joe. This is how we do it. Hello, Bob. I'm everybody. Who was the baseball announcer that did that? Speaking of sports, we'll have Roycey at 1 o'clock. We'll be back shortly. Oh. 
coming to the Twin Cities Saturday, October 19th at the Ames Center in Burnsville. It's the fabulous Armadillos. Music, video, a multimedia deep dive into the 60s, 70s, and the Vietnam War. The fabulous Armadillos present What's Going On, songs from the Vietnam War era through songs and imagery with hope and inspiration for a better tomorrow. Incredible show. The veteran stories, so much emotion. The fabulous Armadillos present What's Going On, songs from the Vietnam War era. Tickets at fabulousarmadillos.com. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Suchere. You know, you could do a uh, Chick-fil-A report every day as it pertains to the mystery, and I will preface today's Chick-fil-A report with two episodes. There are two chapters in today's Chick-fil-A report, but you could preface it by saying they're... they're uh, you, you have some crackpots running for president who wish to represent only half the country. And, and I, I don't think it's hyperbole to suggest that the left does reject any opinion they don't agree with. Absolutely. Uh, now, is that true of the right? Somewhat. But not less nearly so, as, I think. But not nearly less as much. So. Yes. There's less more so, wiggle but, room. But I think it's getting worse every day. I do, too. Chick-fil-A opening at Purdue University irritates the gay student body president and the faculty. All right. Uh, have they had one? It's a move uh, students have wanted for a long time. Rob Weinkoff, the school's director of service enterprises, told the Lafayette Journal Courier. Student body presidents and their cabinets have actually run on that platform to bring Chick-fil-A to campus. Uh uh, Joe Ballou noted to the paper that as an openly gay student, the Chick-fil-A opening is something I am confronting on a daily basis in conversations I'm having every single day with students. According to the Journal and Courier, Ballou wondered if Purdue could give back millions of dollars from Papa John's founder, John Schnatner, in 2018 because of racist remarks. What message is the school sending to the LGBTQ community by opening a Chick-fil-A on campus? Well, the left has targeted Chick-fil-A for years. Because the owners have a, a traditional uh, sense of uh, marriage and Christian vows and what have you. They don't discriminate, though. Nope. They but don't I, discriminate. I dispute but, that the fact that this guy, this gay student, is it's constantly on his mind 24-7. I, I don't think it is. The opponents have incorrectly equated uh, Chick-fil-A's position to an anti-gay stance, which is not true. Chick-fil-A also has gotten pushback from left-wing faculty and students. Uh, at uh, the University of Kansas. They want a Chick-fil-A boycott, calling it a bastion of bigotry. It is not. They get to think what they want to think. The left is not allowing them to. This is the greatest marketing campaign Chick-fil-A could have ever hoped for. Right. I didn't want to bring that up, could but have that's ever exactly hoped what for. I was thinking could of, Could have too. ever hoped for. Uh, with regard to Chick-fil-A coming to campus, Link Linda Procopy, a professor and member of the oh. University Senate's Equity and Diversity Committee, Ooh. Told the paper there are students, there are staff, and there are faculty on this campus who are hurting by a decision made by this university. Uh, Chick-fil-A representatives did not immediately respond. Well, they don't need to. Right. They don't need to. In stark contrast to Purdue's faculty and its new student body president, students in 2018 started a petition uh, called Purdue Needs a Chick-fil-A. Uh, the Journal and Courier said, as of Thursday morning, 3,456 people signed it. Student Riley Johnson, who signed the petition, told the paper that Chick-fil-A's stances do not cross my mind uh, when I go there or uh, affect my eating habits. I personally believe 
uh, a private company should have the uh, freedom to take a political or religious stance if they choose. If people don't agree with it, then they don't have to eat there. That's their choice. Pass the mic. Pass the mic. Come on. Uh, I went to the Chick-fil-A website. I went to About. That section of the website talks about who they are. Yeah. Here, here the, first, uh, the first deal here, who we are. And this is in quotes. We should be about more than just selling chicken. We should be a part of our customers' lives and the communities in which we serve. That's a quote from S. Truett Cathy, uh, the founder, and he lived from 1921 to 2014. But then right under that big headline, why we're closed on Sundays. Mm -hmm. Our founder, Truett Cathy, made the decision to close on Sundays in 1946 when he opened his first restaurant in Georgia. Having worked seven days a week in restaurants, open 24 hours, Truett saw the importance of closing on Sundays so that he and his employees could set aside one day a week to rest and worship if they choose, a practice we uphold today. If they choose. If they choose. Nowhere does it say anything about forcing no. any of their values no. on anybody. No, they don't. It's because they don't. Brooklyn's first ch- episode, too. Brooklyn's first Chick-fil-A opens with a line around the block, and it's not even 7 a.m., but at least one hipster is fuming. And, you know, all it takes is one hipster right. to fume, mm-hmm. and you make uh, you make the GL podcast. Chick-fil-A opened its first restaurant in Brooklyn uh, yesterday, Thursday, September 12th. Uh, and there was a line around the block at 7 a.m. Uh, Chick-fil-A, let's see, okay, and uh, we learn that uh, uh, bleep Chick-fil-A and bleep people who eat there. Wow. Uh, wow. Knowing Chick-fil-A supports anti-LGBT groups. It doesn't. No, no, they don't. It doesn't. And the CEO is homophobic. Elizabeth Starace, a resident of Diker Heights and a member of the LGBTQ... Huh? LG, Diker Heights. <laughs> Sounds like a weird apartment complex. It really is. Right. <laughs> Where do you live? I'm over, in, I'm over in Diker Heights. I'll be right over. I'm gonna, can I come over? Uh, and uh, she's a member of the LGBTQ community, told uh, uh, the... Uh, Blakener, whoever that is. We don't need Chick-fil-A here. There are better options. The left has targeted Chick-fil-A for years uh, due to the ownership's pro-traditional family and Christian views. To oppose anyone who's pro-traditional family or has Christian views is part of the darkness that's descending on this land. Mm-hmm. Uh, opponents have incorrectly equated that to an anti-gay stance, although it appears that Tamara Nay's sentiments better reflected the overall mood along Flatbush Avenue, she noted... I went by at around 7 in the morning, and the line was way too long. They had these red velvet ropes outside the place. I'm planning going back later tonight. Uh, so you got one hipster who got a little attention there for saying they don't belong here. But remember the irritation I had oh, more than a year ago with an article that was in the New Yorker uh, about a fellow who uh, uh, wrote page after page in the New Yorker complaining about the presence in Manhattan of yes. a Chick-fil-A? Yes. It was so preciously elitist, it was sickening. You ever been to Manhattan? There's many every, times. Every form of sin and vice been you there many possibly. times. I learned something new today about Chick-fil-A. I, I don't have to go to Maplewood and or campus to, to get one. I've got one right over in uh, Roseville, 2090 Snelling. I didn't know that. Neither did I. We just got one in Chanhassen about a year ago. Robert Street. There is? I've been there many times. I haven't been there. Robert Street. I haven't been there. On the south side of the river? Uh, Robert Street, yeah, right by... That's uh, too far for me. I'd cross the river twice just to get there. (laughs) (laughs) But 2090 Snelling, I could do that. But... uh, 
Oh, that's the old Dairy Queen. Uh, no, that's Savoy Pizza. You would. What? You know? The Dairy Queen on Snelling has now been replaced with the Red Savoy Pizza. Wow. You can be a Christian. Wow. You can have traditional values. You can believe in a traditional marriage. And none of that infringes on your ability to be a member of the LGBTQ community. No. None of it does. None. We've only just begun uh, with this intolerance. There's more to follow in just a matter of moments. All right, Suchi boy. I've been telling you for quite some time, and Joe has as well, about big-time sports auctions, how they can help your group, your group raise a whole bunch of money at your next event. But I also have another idea for you. If you own a business, check out big-time sports auctions. They can help you generate revenue by converting some of your unused space. Yes, the space where nothing is going on, and you can have a big silent auction display. Big time auctions, big time sports auctions works with dozens of businesses like restaurants, bowling alleys, office buildings on weekly auctions and framed prints. Well, I happen to know that the Nativity County Fair is underway. Yes. Do they have an auction at that? Uh, they do have a silent. This would have been great for big time sports. I'm going there tonight, so I'm going to make sure up. if they haven't done it, next they're going to do it next gotta year. You got to have it. Uh, back up. What? Space? I, I, I can I can rent some space to them. Well, so what? No, it is. If you're a business and you have just dead space, have big time sports auctions come in there, do an auction for a week or two, and that space generates revenue. Oh, so if oh, you're, that's like brilliant. A bowling alley. If there's a corner, or sure. when you go in, somebody might go. I really want that print. They'll bid on it. Boom! You split the cost. Now, big time sports auctions will come in and do everything for you. And you can change out the items regularly. He collects the proceeds for you. It's a great way to engage with customers. Create a little sizzle in your area that you might not be generating any revenue at. Call Steve. Talk to him. Tell him Rook sent you. Big time sports auctions, 612-718-3629. He's going to walk you through the program. It's a great idea for dead space in the retail or restaurant atmosphere. BTSSportsAuctions.com, 612-718-3629. Tell him Rook sent you. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. Transgender coffee shop worker allegedly calls customer a bleeping bigoted trash and says, get out and don't come back. Maryland Sinex only mistake after entering Cultiva Espresso and Crepes Wednesday was apparently being recognized as a conservative. Because when a transgender employee of the Lincoln, Nebraska coffee shop recognized Sinek as a former volunteer for Republican U.S. Senator Ben Sass, as well as being with Nebraska Family Alliance, a conservative policy organization that supports marriage and family, the unborn, and religious liberty. That's all she did. Oh. That's, a, that's not a terrible right. sin. The employee lit into Sinek, the Washington Examiner reported. An employee approached me, called me by name, and started yelling profanities at me, the 23-year-old communication specialist told the paper. The employee asked me to leave and informed me that if I tried to come back, I would be denied service because of my bigoted views. Sinek, who said she has breakfast at the coffee shop once a week, also told the examiner the employee declared, you are bleeping bigoted trash and we do not want you in our restaurant. Over 80% of the people who work here are queer. You are not bleeping wanted in our restaurant, so get out and don't come back. 
The employee, Natalie Weiss, wrote on Facebook that when this person was leaving the store, I told them in no uncertain terms and admittedly vulgar ones that they were not welcome back. Weiss added that the Nebraska Family Alliance really is a bigoted anti-LGBT2QIA+. Huh? That's a new one. Wow. LGBT2QIA+, organization. Is that like the gold card? That's the membership? (laughs) (laughs) You've upgraded. What the hell is that? Weiss added that the Nebraska Family Alliance really is a bigoted anti-LGBT2QIA plus organization who lobbies every year for legalized discrimination against my community and my state and that apparently Cultiva would like their LGBT2QIA plus staff to understand they must serve our literal societal oppressors with a smile. Uh, I think she's full of her own profanity. Cultiva Espresso and Crepes Management wrote on Facebook uh, that the employee in question was fired immediately following the incident. Uh, well, good. Which now makes the coffee shop evil in her eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh, while we're proudly liberal personally and believe in human rights and diversity to the fullest degree, let it be known. See, they don't believe in diversity. No. They don't believe in diversity of thought. They might believe in diversity of skin color, but... God help you, no matter what color your skin is, if you if you uh, have a different thought. If you don't think the same what, way we do. Because the club makes you think the same way. Right. The mob makes you think the same way. We're more than happy to have people sit in our stores and discuss politics with civility, as has been a tradition in the coffee shops for centuries. When the heat rises to this level, it's not good for everybody. Uh, we'd like everyone to know that anyone is welcome in our stores anytime, as long as they're not harassing customers or staff members, committing crimes, damaging property, etc. Whatever your race, religion, gender, identity, or general political beliefs, we just want you to enjoy our food and coffee and have a good time and tell other people you had a good time. We're sorry there was a moment like this. Uh, this is the clash of capitalism versus ideology. Ooh. That's what this is. This makes me think that the Krabby Coffee Shop is more brilliant than uh, than I previously. <laughs> well, thought. they're more tolerant in this place. Well, you the, don't have any. We don't. We don't have anybody employed we, in the Krabby Coffee Shop. We don't have anybody employed in the Krabby Coffee. <laughs> and number one, right on my Twitter thing, it says no politics. None. Oh yeah. And the coffee is free. The conversation is not. So basically, come in, get your coffee, and shut the hell up, shut up, and get out. Mm-hmm. Everybody wins. Everybody, Everybody wins. wins. It's awesome. <laughs> so do you, do you understand what happened here? Yeah. Uh, this woman, about whom the employee knew nothing, was accused of bigotry merely because she worked for Ben Sass, who happens to be a Republican. Mm-hmm. They don't tolerate diversity of thought, and they don't tolerate diversity of ideology. What do you think the reaction was of the employee after being promptly fired do you think they she took inventory of what she did oh heavens no she's now a victim well i can i can get that for you a word i can't use weiss an angry weiss noted on facebook cultiva espresso and crepes you just let neoconservative trump allies drive out a trans employee i hope you read this go bleep yourself okay Uh, uh and that's that was her response so i wonder when she applies for her next job uh I'm sure none of this will come yeah, up. Maybe don't use them as a reference. Right. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just say you worked at the Krabby Coffee Shop and that's it. <laughs> Let's continue down this road and turn back to the failed academy. 
Students are really scared. Can you foghorn scared? Oh, yeah, that's got to get, sure. get the horn for that. I don't like that. <laughs> Students are really scared and feel unsafe because of Sean Spicer's speech at Northeastern Illinois University. Boy, that'd be a hell of a degree, huh? <laughs> uh, a group of students at Northeastern Illinois University are protesting a speech because they feel unsafe, according to the college fix. According to the college fix, Spicer's campus discussion, which is set uh, to take place uh, Thursday. What's the date of this story? Uh, well, maybe it was yesterday or maybe it's next Thursday. It doesn't make any difference. Uh, is making students really scared. The frightened students are planning a protest and an alternative teach-in at the campus in Chicago. Spicer is set to discuss the 2020 presidential election alongside former Democratic National Committee Chair Donna Brazile during a panel titled Politics, Press, and the Presidential Election. The students opposing Spicer's appearance have banded together and created a Facebook page called Rally to Stop Sean Spicer at NEIU to demonstrate their opposition to his presence. At least 87 people have issued an RSVP to the event at this time of writing. NEIU should not provide a home for white nationalism and other forms of bigotry. As members of racial, ethnic, and religious minorities, as queer people, trans and non-binary people, and women, as undocumented students, and as allies to all of these oppressed groups, we do not uh, uh, tolerate this in our campus. The group continues, we see the policies and rhetoric of the Trump administration, including the role Spicer took early in the administration as drivers of this violence in August the student government held a town hall where students and faculty were able to freely express their fears over Spicy's, uh, Spicer's appearance on campus. One student said, I'm Jewish. I see a lot of people in the space who are targets, not just Trump, but of the rising white supremacist violence that's happening in our country right now. That makes me really scared. Uh, I don't think Sean Spicer is a white nationalist, is he? I don't know anything about the guy. The event did go off. Um, and then one guy jumped on stage right around 8 p.m., but he was immediately detained by security. Mm-hmm. Uh, the piece I'm reading is from the uh, Chicago Tribune. Right. Does that have this part? Daniel L. Goodwin of the Daniel L. Goodwin Distinguished Lecture Series, which is holding the event featuring Spicer in Brazil, told the Chicago Tribune that he flat out refused to cave to the outrage demand. For the past few years, I've made donations to cover the cost of speaking fees for visiting lecturers, he said, as part of the lecture series. Other guests have included Mary Madeline and James Carville, Bob Woodward and Carl Bernstein, Terry Savage, Aaron Brockovich, and Jackie Joyner-Kersey. No university funds are, in lo- are well, involved. Wait a minute, Joe. Those are, that's both sides of the aisle there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's both sides. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, this event was Donna on one side and Spicer on the other. Spicer's oh, not well, a bigoted nationalist. Well, well, I don't understand. <sighs> what you don't understand, Kenny, is that the ideology refuses to accept diversity of thought. Yeah. Goodwin also pointed out the necessity of exchanging free ideas in an open space such as a college forum. As a proponent of higher education and learning, I believe encouraging an experience of, uh, I encourage students to encounter individuals with differing backgrounds and divergent viewpoints is critical to their learning environment. But these children are scared. They're frightened. They're frightened because this guy once worked for Trump. The, the gal at the coffee shop in Lincoln was frightened because the gal worked for Ben Sass. They're, they're not frightened. They're, they're lying. They're not, what, are they, what are they, physically frightened? Well, that's what I mean. You can't go about, throughout your life being constantly frightened about that. Because the, this attachment to a political ideology, as you were just saying, you know, you're a white supremacist, you're a white nationalist. If, if you have 
that line of thinking politically. None of this is going to go away regardless of who's in office. Mm -hmm. In other words, whether Trump is reelected or whether someone defeats him from the other side, and this isn't an anti-Trump argument, I'm just saying whether or not he remains at the helm in office, none of this thinking is going to go away. And that's really terrifying. You know what these kids need? An ass kicking. An these ass kid, kicking. A groin kick. These kids need the McLaughlin group. Remember that? Before oh, before yeah. cable TV, yep. before all these cable networks took a side, we had the McLaughlin group on Sunday morning, right. which was John McLaughlin, maybe five or six panelists, all on different sides, arguing friendly. Yep. I mean, they were Issue all... Issue four, Eleanor Cliff. Yes. Oh, and it was, God, it was yes. so good. And you yes. know when the taping was done, all of these dummies went to the pub downstairs and, yes. and got loaded with yeah. each other. Yes. And they were all great friends. And they were all from opposite sides. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun. There's a darkness descending on the land and that... That chief driving force of that darkness is the rejection of the diversity of opinions and thought in the idea, in the marketplace of ideas, in the marketplace of ideas. To think that the owners of Chick-fil-A are, and it hasn't hurt their business, which is no. The I just looked at their stock price. It's only it's only improving their business. Well, what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. That the the vast majority of Americans are live and let live people. No, they're pushing back. Yeah, they're pushing back. Yeah. Uh, you know, where you're also pushing back at EcoFund Motorsports in Forest Lake. They're pushing back with a back-to-school sale. You've never heard of a back-to-school sale at a motorcycle scooter shop, have no, you? No, what are they selling books? Scooters. <laughs> and the uh, Lance and Sim, the manufacturer, when they heard what Tim Bloom is up to, they added 100 bucks off the cost. So a Race Star 49cc right now was $12.99, now $11.99. That's a hell of a deal on a very good scooter. Cabo 50 was $18.99, now $17.99, and both the Havana Classic 50 and the Soho 50 go from $19.99 to $18.99. This is the way to beat the man at the fuel pump. If you really believe, uh, you know, if you're in the Al Gore crowd, this is one way to go after it. You get about 100 miles to the gallon on these mm. things. Turns errands into adventures. You'll have a place to park. If you have a short commute, it's a wonderful alternative for transportation. A couple you, more months left of driving. Are you able to lift the seat and put bags that you want to go recycle yes, in? Yes, that's what I do. That's what I okay, do. Good. Lift the seat, put the plastic bag in there, oh. and take it down to the store because no whale ain't dying on my watch. <laughs> and uh, they'll help you with that same cause at EcoFund Motorsports. Full line of Yamaha motorcycles. Also, the full line of great Bintelli e-bikes. What blows me away is this company was made for dum-dums like Rookie. Yeah. You realize that they could come to your front door, push that pile of crap Yamaha scooter that hasn't run in 10 years <laughs> out the about, door, about up into the truck. He'll get that running in 30 And have minutes. that thing running like brand new and bring it back yeah, to you. you're crazy. Eco that sounds fun. like a lot of work, That's, doesn't it? It is. is I got to <laughs> answer the door. <laughs> I got to show them where it is. Is this a popular service among other dealerships? Cause, because I before e- before EcoFund, I had never heard no, of this. No, I think it's uh, I think it's Tim's idea, and I think partly because it, it's in Forest Lake. It's brilliant. He makes a run through town every day. You just set up an appointment if your scooter needs maintenance. Ooh, they pick it up. Phone call. Think they, about it, Suits. Fantastic. Guys like Matthew and college students, they don't own trucks and they don't own trailers. That's right. This is perfect. I've my done uh, some work on it. My scooter <laughs> is a Yamaha, and uh, it's going up there next spring. It doesn't need anything right now, but next spring I'm going to tell him to go through it all, do the oil, the fill. Filter, carb the coolant and uh <laughs> just shut up yeah man. just be quiet because you have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> ecofund motorsports in downtown forest lake it's fantastic ecofundmotorsports.com
Ricey here with the Canopy Group Facts. Number one, the Canopy Group writes more new business in one month than a captive insurance agent writes in three years. How is that possible? Let's share other facts to answer that question. Number two, the Canopy Group offers 16 different insurance companies, not just one. Number three, the Canopy Group offers combined single limit coverage, not split limit coverage. Number four, the Canopy Group offers only one one deductible at claim time, not two or three or four or more. Number five, at renewal, the Canopy Group shops your insurance with their 15 other companies every year. Captives can't do this because they have only one company. So if you have your insurance with one of the captive agents, remember they don't have any other options for you. Call 800-967-3389 or visit thecanopygroup.com. You know what that music reminds me of, Pat? What is that, sir? It's a very strong rumor going around town that Monday Night Sports Talk is going to be making a return on podcast format. I hear Have you that heard that? Too. Could be early October, and I, I was just thinking that uh, you know the the, uh, the idea of uh, replace you know uh, impersonators and wacky callers uh-huh. and stuff, which, it might be uh, replaced with a lot of health talk. You know, like, how's the prostate? And, you know, how's that? I got a new how's, hip. How's, how's that knee? My knee is man. My knee's killing me. Well, it's just a rumor at this point, but I've heard yeah, hearing it. I've, I've heard it on the I've street. Been hearing it too. I've so, been hearing it too. See, why did you post? Uh, why did you post to Twitter the uh, one of your top five career moments about? Uh, tell us the story. Uh, okay. Well, I've told you the story. I've heard it before, but I want the listeners to hear it. Had to be. Uh, well, Bill Mazeroski was a coach for the Seattle Mariners, and they didn't come into existence. Uh, second time until when sixty when did when did they, whenever they came into existence? Well, in sixty nine, didn't the yeah, Seattle club go to Milwaukee? Yeah, they went there in seventy, and then the Mariners started. But I think yeah. he was with the Mariners. Might have been, yeah, seventy seven. I think they came. All right, Mazeroski was a you know future Hall of Famer, greatest greatest turner at the double play in history, greatest double play, and of course you were the. You weren't a regular in the press room like no. some of us, mm-hmm. but you knew Art, the bartender. Yes, know? Art, yes. The the bartender, the Irish bartender with the bad leg, uh, 70 years old, very nice guy, except during the game he would sit in there and drink beer and then be belligerent after the game. <laughs> this is out at Old Met Stadium, by the way. This is out at Old Met Stadium yep. in the press room, and he'd... You know, somebody like Fergosi would come in and he'd abuse him for not having any range and shortstop. And, they, and the Art's biggest, Art's biggest thing in life was turning the double play. Right. You know, he hated Carew, not as an individual or as a player, but 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 because he couldn't turn the double play. Right. So he, the happiest moment of his life was when they moved Carew to first base and started playing Bobby Randall at second because he could turn the double play. So this night was 
God, it was one thirty in the morning, probably. You know, Art was Art was still gracing us with his presence, and uh, Quillacy was in there for some reason, which he didn't really stay late that often. But uh, uh, Art started abusing Mazeroski that that he was overrated as a guy who he couldn't turn the double flight nearly as well as people said he could. Mm-hmm. You know, and Maz liked his whiskey too. Yep. So it got to be like two in the morning, and it was decided that this had to be determined for itself. If, if, if art indeed could show Mazarowski how to turn the double play. Right. So all the tables and chairs and everything in that press room were moved to the side to make a little bit of a diamond. Nice. You know, I can't remember that. I was one reporter, and I can't remember who was still in there with me. Mikey Robertson, the traveling secretary, Quillacy, Mazeroski, Art, were in there. They were the main characters. And we moved everything, and then we put a towel on the floor to be second base. Mm-hmm. And Mazeroski was the base runner. Okay. Was going to be the base runner bearing down on Art on this rug, you know, in, in the press room. And Mazeroski was, and Art was going to come over second base and flip the ball to, uh, you know, Mikey Robertson, who was kind of a pitcher, but but to show him how to turn the double play. 70-year-old, bad leg, drunk. And uh, he was, he was going to turn the double play. Quillacy was going to flip the ball to him. Quillacy was going to flip the ball to him like the shortstop, and Art was going to turn the double play. Yep. Well, here, okay, boom, slap hands together. Here comes Mazeroski. He actually slides <laughs> on the rug, <laughs> takes out Art, knocks Art ass over. He oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> the ball's rolling across the floor. It bounces off Art's chest, and it goes bowling over. And then Mazeroski slides into him, knocks him, you know, ass over tea kettle, as they say. And Art. When he, when he gets up, his glasses are like on the top of his head, <laughs> on his cheek, sideways, and uh, we, you know, it takes about four minutes to, for all of us to pick him up and make sure he's still alive. And then he says, "I told you I could turn the bleep and double play. Oh my god! Oh god! And, uh, you know, it's not often you get to see a future Hall of Famer knock a seventy-year-old. Drunken bartender on his ass. And oh. Well, did Art Ruane play baseball? Uh, not. He was a clubhouse guy for the Miller. What made him think he could turn years. a double play better than a World Series winner? <laughs> Might have been alcohol. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. He was a beer drinker. He drank nothing but beer, but some nights it was unbelievable. It got away from him. And, oh, yeah. Later on, he went to work at the Schmidt Brewery yep. as a security guard, and I wrote a column about it, and the punchline was, this is like putting a pyromaniac in charge of an oil refinery. <laughs> <laughs> That's where that line oh, came God. <laughs> Pat, I'm nervous about the boys in Cleveland. I, I'm just having some bad vibes. Well, uh, they, Cleveland, the Savali kid, uh, came up as a rookie. I think he's made eight starts. The Twins have managed to get a win against him the other day, but he's been really good. Yep. He's pitching tonight. And then the next two, Clevenger's been the best pitcher in the American League for about two months, and uh, the long-haired kid with the twitches. Yeah. And then uh, Bieber has been really good, too. So uh, the pitching matchup's all 
favor the opposition, except maybe Sunday Barrios and Bieber with Barrios, Barrios throws like he did uh, the other night, then 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 they'll be okay. But, who's uh, back in the lineup? Who's been injured? <laughs> well, we don't know yet. I haven't seen it yet. I don't know. I think they think Sano might play, and uh, and uh, Kepler Kepler sounded more iffy than Sano. I think Sano might play, and I, I don't know Polanco. He will be back in there after having a tooth taken out or something. That one really irritated me. <laughs> you know, as I told you guys, as I said yesterday, I had a root canal. Time of recovery, 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. This guy can't play. Well, Such had a good so, tweet, too. Yeah. If, wasn't it you, Such? Something about a hockey player, right? They do that yeah. between between periods. I didn't tweet that, but I've often said that. You know, yeah, you know, oh yeah, yeah. hockey player could be right. bleeding to death. He'll be back on the ice in five minutes. Yeah. Some guy in the, some guy with a pliers would have yanked it out. And said, okay, yeah, get out there, get out there and miss the shift. You know, but anyway, uh, rest and recovery is the rest and recovery theory. Meanwhile, Francona in Cleveland has been basically he lost Jose Ramirez like two weeks ago. It was mm-hmm. great. But he he basically been playing the same nine guys <laughs> start to finish. We got all this good rest and recovery going, and uh, and by the way, everybody ends up getting hurt. Kepler's the one I'm worried about. Though. Well, you noted that the lineup was missing 117 home runs the other night. Yeah, well, last and it, it was increased. Then it was increased substantially uh, when uh, it was missing. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, somebody else was missing. It was 150. Well, Sano, Kepler, Buxton, Crone. Uh, yeah, I don't even include Brock Buxton anymore. Crone's no. got the bad thumb. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's getting dicey, and Billy Gibby was terrible last night. And uh, now he has in the past pitched well against bad teams. And after... Sunday, that's all I got left for two weeks. You know, the White Sox and Tigers and, uh, and Kansas City are all I have left for two weeks. So maybe he can pitch uh, better. He's just, I don't think he's been good physically for a long time. He lost all that weight in, spring, in Haiti. And, and when he came back with uh, E. coli, and, mm-hmm. uh, which is the bad one, E. coli. You don't want Ebola, right? No, Ebola's E-cola. not good. E. coli. Is e. coli. Well, that's not good either, but it's better than Ebola. <laughs> yeah. He came back with E. coli, lost 30 pounds, and has not, I don't know. He had a decent run of a couple, three weeks, but he hasn't pitched good all year. Uh, PJ's I'll got him rowing the boat tomorrow, huh? George, <laughs> I was going to say, nobody has ever screwed this team worse than Panetta did yeah. <laughs> by having this happen. I mean, man, he was, you know, they... They they were short of starting pitching and then and then the three hundred and twenty pound man disappeared. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah they got Georgia Southern. I don't think that'll be a problem. So mm-hmm. you'll uh, but uh, I, I saw that uh, we got a lot of construction uh, going on this weekend. So people oh. were worried about the you, oh you're not going to believe it. Thirty five W on both sides of downtown shut down. What? Oh yeah, it's going to be awful. Oh. Yeah. It's uh, it is uh, you know anyway. But I, I don't think they were expecting more than about twenty five. And the Vikings are on the road, so that won't affect them. They're at Green Bay for a nooner. Yeah, yes, they are. And if they win, Joe, if you count the playoffs, victory number five hundred. Mm-hmm. 
in franchise history. Wow. So that's uh, they've won four uh, seventy nine in the regular season and twenty in the playoffs. Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. So you're saying bank on this victory this weekend? Because if you are, I'll go the other way. Now that we got the Bernie Beerman offense going, you know, <laughs> you know, the single wing run the ball six, seven times a game offense going, I don't think Green Bay has a chance. Hmm. So uh, no, I don't think I don't think Green Bay is too good. Have you have you been throughout your life a Loretta Lynn fan? Yeah, I like Loretta Lynn. Because in preparation for this big Ken Burns documentary uh, documentary that's going to be on PBS here in the upcoming weeks, they've been replaying a uh, Loretta Lynn documentary uh, documentary from uh, 2016. And I didn't realize she got married to this guy when she was about 10 years old and yeah, had right. had four was, kids. Didn't before. you ever see Coal Miner's daughter? Uh, I have not seen Coal really? Miner's daughter. She had four kids before she was 20, and every single one of those heartbreak songs were about this jackass of a husband. I mean, she really, really lived the blues. And I almost sent you a tweet last night, and I thought I'd ask you in person instead what you uh, what your thoughts are on Loretta Lynn. Oh, I think she was uh, she's great. And uh, Tommy Lee, you know, played him in the uh, right. In the, What's uh, his name? Dooley or Do Dude? Dooley? Yeah, they didn't really Dooley, uh, they didn't really show him as abusive. They showed him more as like a ne'er do well who couldn't make any money. And, right. You know, wanted her to keep grinding out kids and do all the work. And uh, you know, he was you know, in other words, a typical guy from uh, from the hills. The Oliver yeah. Vanetta well, Doolittle Lynn was his name. Yeah. yeah. But how I've. Was, yeah. How old was she? Thirteen. Uh, I think fifteen. Fifteen-year-old so. Loretta Webb married Oliver Vanetta Doolittle uh, on January tenth, nineteen forty-eight. She was on, and a couple of her kids were twins. She was on the road so much that she couldn't tell these kids apart. She mm-hmm. just referred to both of them <laughs> yep. as twins. Right. But Kelsey's every, got to be eighty-six years old. Uh, she's ninety-something now, oh, still oh. with us, and really? and still singing. I've, have you ever seen her live? I've never seen her live. I'd love no. to see her. Uh, but you know, Sissy Spacek did a little singing, and she was good. Yeah, yeah, Sissy's a really good singer. Yeah, she uh, she was. Uh, but yeah, I'm a big uh, Loretta Lynn fan, and uh, of course, Patsy Cline was her gal. Right, know, Patsy was kind of her mentor. Oh, listen to this in her Loretta's uh, younger days. Patsy gave her. I can't believe her, her clothes. it. A pair of underpants. Yeah, yeah. And Loretta wore them for like four or five years and could not wear them out. And th- that pair Jeez. of underpants are in her museum. Wow. There we go. Yeah. I mean, uh, having, having seen say, Spacey, <laughs> having seen Loretta and Patsy, I don't think they were the same size, but maybe I'm <laughs> You grow into them. I think when you go to... <laughs> When you go to that museum, what's the protocol for staring at that item? Is it do you want to whisk right by, or do you take some time? I don't know. This upcoming doc, this uh, film by Ken Burns sounds pretty good. Yeah. Is it just gonna? What is it gonna be? A bunch of them, or just one? No, I think it's like five days oh, straight. It's, it's one of his specials. Yeah, yeah it'll be it, longer it, than one. It's a big one. Yeah. 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 Hey, we'll see you tomorrow night. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Say, if Loretta Lynn. Well, if Loretta Lynn was 15 in 1948. Oh, you're doing math. You're not supposed to do math. She was born in 1932. 
Well, then she's not in her 90s yet, is she? She's 87. Yeah, 87. Pretty close. I'll go there. I'll go there. She's yeah. still a great it's, singer, It's fact-based. I mean, she, she doesn't sound old when she sings. I mean, she sounds like Loretta Lynn. Her daughters are uh, fetching. Yeah. Yeah, well, and, her, and her one son is a, kind of a screwball. Oh boy, he's uh, he's he's a he's farm boy. He's worn out. Is too. he one of the twins? Uh, no, the girls no, were the, the twins. The girls, the girls were the twins. twins. Yeah, we'll be back in just a moment. But first, Suchi, I wanted to tell you about the latest member of the Garage Logic family. Who that? I'm talking about Thirty Bales Restaurant, right on the corner of Eleventh and Main Street in downtown Hopkins. Todd and Tom are not only longtime local owners of over 23 years at the current location, but they are longtime fans of GL. My wife and I took the boys for dinner there, and I can't believe this, but they achieved an unbelievable feat. All four of us were happy. That never happens. My <laughs> wife had the grilled salmon s- salad. Uh, she's the health-conscious one in the family. The boys had flatbread pizzas and mac and cheese and me. Well, uh, my meal started with a couple of Deschutes fresh-squeezed IPAs because, you know, that's my appetizer. Then I had the Big Blue Bacon Burger. It's made with local beef, local blue cheese, thick-cut bacon on a grilled ciabatta roll. You can spice it up with Cajun seasoning, but I'm a wimp, so I I declined. It's a well-thought-out, chef-driven, locally-sourced, scratch Midwest kitchen. It's not just a great place for dinner, but the best spot for lunch. They have an incredible lunch menu for those of you that work nearby. Yeah, that's right. Dinner, lunch, and a happy hour. 3 to 6, Tuesday through Friday. $6 wine, $5 tap beer. They have a great selection, by the way. $3 select tall boys and $5 menu selections for lunch. Where are they at? They are Where at am I going here? Hopkins, Kenny. 11th Street. And or excuse me, Eleventh and Main Street in oh. downtown Hopkins. Let's take Patrick there after the induction. That's I love easy. that idea. Uh, they have a giant patio. They're a fantastic spot for you Western suburbanites like me. It's the perfect location for a dining prior to the Stages Theater or a Hopkins uh, Center for the Arts show. They'll take reservations either on Open Table or call the restaurant nine five two nine three zero zero three six nine or check them out online right now at thirtybales.com. Free parking. That's right. It's the critically acclaimed. 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. <laughs> the music of Count Basie and his great band. Whoa. The man is Joe Suchere. Thank you! Yeah. <laughs> huh? Well, I think it's a good idea myself. Yeah. How did all these people get in my room? <laughs> Pretty good. Nice. I have something here that might help explain the national condition our condition is in. One in five Americans cannot name one single branch of the U.S. government. What? Americans appear to be improving in, uh, in their basic knowledge of the federal government. An annual survey shows, yet despite the progress, one in five adults cannot name even one of the three branches of government. The annual Annenberg Constitution Day Civic Survey, a study conducted by the Annenberg Public Policy Center at the University of Pennsylvania, 
found good news and bad news when it comes to America's knowledge of how their government functions. Among the good news, according to the survey, which conducted interviews with 1,104 adults, the American public knows more about the uh, more about the Constitution and the concept of separations of power than they have in five years. Uh, and the, uh, then it goes on to say, but one out of five cannot name even one of the three judicial branches. Which would be uh, wait? You just named one right there. Department of Agriculture. Yep. Uh, Department of Energy. Yep. Oh. And, and the Department of Legal. They'll I, take that, won't they? I thought you meant the three branches. Now yeah. you're talking branches of each of the three. No, I, I was doing a bit he there. Was like, yeah. I didn't get it. Legislative, oh, uh, legislative, judicial, and executive. And executive went right over my uh, my melon. Name three famous Mickey's. Okay. Oh, uh, Mickey Mantle. Yep. Oh, uh, Mickey's big mouth. Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mickey Way. They'll take that, won't they? Mickey <laughs> Way. They take that, Mickey Way. <laughs> what was that bit? That was, that was Bill Murray as a jazz musician. What do you think about when you're playing? Well, um, basically, I think about getting paid. <laughs> uh, we lost a great living American. What do we lose? Lauren Bruner, one of the last four survivors of the attack on the USS Arizona on December 7, 1941, died Tuesday in California. He was 98. Wow. He was a 21-year-old fire controlman, third class, in charge of the ship's 50 caliber guns. Uh, he was the second to last person to leave the burning ship after the onslaught by the Japanese. In a 2014 interview with the Arizona with Arizona Public Radio, he recalled that morning, uh, of December 7, he raced up from the sh- uh, below the ship's deck when the attack began. He said he saw a Japanese flay- plane fly by so closely that he could see the pilot's pay- face with a grin on his face. Oh, boy. I could see all his teeth, Bruner recalled. He wanted to reach out and bust him one. <laughs> the Arizona was hit with four bombs, one of them hitting past three levels of the ship and into a powder magazine. Bruner and five others were stranded on the sinking ship and were able to escape by grappling for 70 feet on a rope to a nearby... Uh, repair ship, the USS Vestal. Despite having burns over 70% of his body, Bruner recovered and was later assigned to the USS Coughlin, Coughlin, where he participated in eight major engagements in the Aleutian Islands and seven operations in the South Pacific. Jeez. I'm always amazed, uh, and we're really running out of these guys now. There's, uh-huh. there's nobody left. There's really few left, but I'm amazed that how long some of them have lived with what their bodies went through. This right. guy was burned 70% of his body, Jeez. died recovered, at the age of 98. Recovered and went right back to work. Yeah. Unlike Polanco, who had a tooth pulled and missed the lineup last <laughs> night for the Twins game. Well, God bless you, uh, Lauren Bruner, 98 years old. Did you note we've had this rash of violence in the Twin Cities, I'm sorry, in St. Paul this past week, and you'll recall that on Monday in broad daylight, a uh, 18-year-old was shot to death on Rice Street. Yeah. By a kid. The suspect has been arrested. He's 15. Yep, I saw He's that. 15. 15. Uh, he's 15 going on 25. 15, 15 is not that innocent anymore. And then something that, uh, Reavers, you have maintained that you're terribly familiar with, and that's uh, a problematic behavior in downtown Minneapolis. In fact, it's so funny you say that. I, I'm having Rookie pull up the Reverend Tim Christopher's uh, Twitter account. But well, continue. the Minneapolis Police Department has released a video of, of a... a what? Get out of my head. A terribly go, go, sorry. violent confrontation to steal some guy's cell phone and they beat him up? This is a growing trend. So Sheesh. those that 
Uh, you guys know this, but uh, I have an occasion to bartend downtown Minneapolis once in a while. I have some friends that own a, a nightclub, so I work for them once in a while. We are all told no one leaves separately, and if it's because they're all after your cell phones and your tip money. That's what they're looking for. And they're looking for people that are traveling individually, and they're looking for people that might be inebriated. Well, this was outside Target Field on August 3rd. This I took was, 11 people to a ball game on August 11th, and I was nervous about it. This I had was, little kids. This was yeah. on the Target Field bleeping plaza. Really? Rook, if you if you find Jeez. it, it's uh, the Reverend, go to the Reverend's main page, but he has the actual video. There were several um, ethnic people mm-hmm. that attacked a, a white man. And they all they wanted was his cell phone. Mm-hmm. That's there it, it is, right, right there. there. That's it, right there. Well, African immigrants, huh? Yep. What are they doing with the cell phones that it's they're so important? They're I, getting a hundred bucks for it, or seventy five bucks for it. If it's a brand, like if it's a brand new iPhone, they'll probably get a hundred bucks for it. Where's the guy who gets victimized? It's he's right there, in sitting. The yeah, sitting. Now just keep watching it because it takes a little bit, but it, it eventually gets there. So all of these people that you see are all going to brutally attack this guy. Just keep watching. Well, why didn't he get the hell out of there? He was trying to. He was trying to leave. But, but you know, when you're 11 on one, look at They're right next to the Kirby Puckett bronze statue. Oh, for That's Pete's sake. That's the Puckett statue right for there. For Pete's sake. The, but, oh, see, oh, oh. Oh, it gets worse. I don't want to see it. But oh. this, is, this is right in the heart of Elon Omar's district. Mm-hmm. And you'll never see this on major news. This will never come up. Now that dude came running from the parking ramp and look at him all. He's see where that yeah, tough 11 on he's 1. He's out cold laying on the ground and now they start jumping on him. <gasps> oh, oh my god. God almighty. Yep. Are you kidding me? This is what downtown Minneapolis has dissolved into, folks. I'm, I I I hate to be the one that keeps tooting this horn, but this is what's going on. And did it's a they, shame. Did they kill this guy? No, he didn't die. They're taking his shoes off. They probably t- wished he did. They, they took his pants off. Just because they're looking for anything. If they can find 20 bucks in his pocket. God find, help me. This is what happens up. when you're ruled by a one-party system right here. Well, when, you want, makes, when you have mayors that are that are openly advocating for less police, this is what you get. Where well, is everybody? Well, since, the, what since, time of night is this? It's during the day, Joe. Look at how light is it is outside. Since you brought it up, Chris, uh, Star Tribune today, B3 headline, Minneapolis Council warms to request for more cops. The sub-headline, Mayor Jacob Fry wants 14 new officers. Some council members now call for even more. They should be forced to watch this mm-hmm. on repeat every second that they're in chambers. They need to deal with this. Mm-hmm. Now he's getting whipped. And the thing is, if you're smart, oh my God. when you navigate Get downtown, oh, now they're riding a dude bicycle. Just rode a bike over yeah. him. When you navigate downtown, you do you have to be smart. I I told you the other day when I took the kid downtown to go pick up some tickets at Target Field. We right. were there at three o'clock in the afternoon, and shortly after this, we saw something just like that. You avoid it. Walk on the go walk across the other side of the street. Don't talk to anybody. Don't lip back. Keep your mouth shut. Get to your car. Get Good to where you're going. Such I I used to hang out in the Bowery mm-hmm. in the '80s mm-hmm. when it was it was dangerous and it didn't come even close to this. No. This is incredible. What's the answer? Pack or just don't go down? I, there? I don't know because you got six bullets. I don't know. Eight what bullets, are you going to say? My, Eleven my, people. My 19 year old was at First Avenue last night. You know, I, I just tell them, wallet in the front par- pocket, yep. head on a swivel. Run if you have to. Keep your mouth shut. Yep. Jeez. All right. 
Well, that makes me not want to go to a Twins game. I just had a gang there Wednesday night. But they were traveling in a pack. This guy was by himself. I meant people, a gathering of people. This guy was by himself, which does make you more vulnerable. And I'm not going to indict him in any way, but if you you lip off to this group, you're you're just making it worse. That's a dreadful note to go out on. I'm sorry. It? It's just a, well, I'm not going out on that note. Well, I'm going out sick. on a Grunhofer's note. Okay, ah, please. Because please. that's not dreadful. No. That's oh, yeah. the meat capital of the world. It's the uh, meat bazaar for GLers of fine dining and taste, especially in the grill. When you're having your uh, grilling brackets with more than 130 different flavors of pork brats, do not boil these brats. Thick-cut bacon, thick-cut ham, thick-cut bahichaka. Yeah. Uh, anything you want. <laughs> Steaks, chops, salmon. Smoked salmon. Smoked salmon. Eat it in your truck on ah. the way home. Chicken and beef kebabs, ring sausage. I'm telling you, if they don't have it, you don't need to eat it. <laughs> But if if you, they don't have it, you don't want to eat it. They've got flavorful brats, but remember, the chicken brats, if you've never had a chicken brat, and, I never and you're have. hesitant, don't be hesitant because it is, it's divine. They I'm know having bacon doing. cheddar this weekend because Kenny was kind enough to rookie, bring me some. Rookie, you know how much I hate you, right? Yes. Your rookie burgers are unbelievable. They are so that. good. Now, are they, they're that. still available. Yes, they yeah, are. Apparently, that's a permanent product. It's a now. custom oh, mix. It's a custom goodness. mix. The rookie don't mess burgers. around with that. Do not eat that well done. Oh, You're, come on. No, come no, on. Come on. Right. No, no. Come little, on. A little pepper jack on top? Yeah. Yeah. Slice I'm not eating if it's, if it's bleeding. How about a nice, thick cut slice of bacon on that? Mm, or two. Mm, mm, mm. Come over after and watch the village. Yeah. Grunhofer's uh, old fashioned meat market is on the north end of Hugo. On Highway 61, you can't miss it because it's a great right. big GL sign out well, there. Apparently, apparently, both of you have missed it. Yeah. But yeah, I've, I've gotten lost. You know what? Yeah. It's okay, Joe. You know, it's okay. It happens to the best of us, and we are the best of the best. So. You know that when you watch a video like that, too, not to bring it back, but you know who I feel the worst for are the, the mom-and-pop shops. Like, there's that great, is it Rosenthal Furniture that's right on where that light rail oh, yeah. stop is? Can you post Been there that? forever. Can you post that? Already so did. GLers yep. know what we're talking about. Those are the people I feel horrible for. These great family-run operations that are having to deal with this crap all every day. Okay, now Wake up, Jacob Fry. You've just got a, a problem. Just a shame a, 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 a line of football players didn't come along. Oh, I know. Uh, it's official. Yeah, let's go out on a higher note. Well, what? it's official. What? Today is the first day of the leaf peeping announcement. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> it's almost over. Where are we heading? The DNR Fall Color Finder slip can help you find the best places to enjoy the colors of the season. People, <laughs> here we been go. Trying again. to tell you here for a long again. time, for the last eighty years. This comes to you. Yep. You don't need to drive up to Grand Marais. And that's another irony of all this. You euphorians bitching and whining and moaning about climate change, you can't wait to fill your little Subaru full of gas and drive up to Grand Marais so you can see the leaves changing colors. We it had a, comes to you. We, we had a players-only meeting. You left the uh, you left the office. We locked the door. We all got together and said, don't tell Such about this yeah, article. Really, evidently, you found it on your own. It. It you know my favorite <laughs> phrase associated with this story, too, is fall foliage. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be extra special this year because of all the water and rain we've had this summer. Oh, it's going to be gonna make it vibrant. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's going to be 
a riot of color. <laughs> what? Red, orange, yellow, and brown. And they just it. go to the fall <laughs> color finder. Boom. We got it. DNR fall color finder. Is that like the Peak, same? past peak, dead. <laughs> Bare trees, shot. Where do we start? Can we start go? up north. Okay. And then you work your way down? Work your way down. Mm. Yep. You know, It'll go we... right by you. Go right through your art and keep right on going. <laughs> this podcast is just as similar to the fall colors. How so? It comes to you. It... This podcast comes to you wherever you want to take it. You don't have to go to Grand Marais. You can listen in Nova Scotia the fall colors in your basement podcasts. playing video games. That's right. We, this podcast comes to you. Oh. It's like the menu at Jack's, the date night menu. They will bring it to you. That's right. You don't have to go ask for it. No, no, no. They'll no. bring you a menu. No. They'll bring you a menu. And don't forget uh, September, uh, all month of September, if you get your watch battery changed at any RF Molar jewelry store, that money goes directly to child uh, Children Cancer Research Fund. 50th and France and Edina, Ford and Cleveland and St. Paul, Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis, or rfmolar.com. Friday the 13th podcast, no problems at all. Full moon tonight, full moon tonight. Lon Chaney, I think it's going to get a little hairy tonight. Huh? Lon Chaney was the wolf man. Way back when? Yep. Okay. GarageLogic.com. Find all those back podcasts that you haven't listened to. By the way, you can rate us on iTunes. We want to know how we're doing. And do me a favor this Friday the 13th. Tell a bunch of people about this podcast, and if they don't know how to download it, grab their phone and show them how easy it is to enjoy Garage Logic Podcast. We'll catch you next time.